0: there are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to vision. However and wherever you listen to vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily.
1: realfaith.org.au Yeah, I just remember uh, there was one time when I was you know, pretty heavy into this lifestyle of uh, drugs and alcohol. And um, I came home from a big um, party bender and uh, Dad (laughs) brought up the courage to sit me down and have a chat. And he said, you know, I know what's going on and, you know, I just want to let you know that there's a better way and that you don't have to live this lifestyle anymore. So you let me know
0: when you need some help. Welcome to Real Faith. Conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scatterbo.
2: More recently on the program, Helen Marsh shared her story, which basically was about how when she was only 14 years old, she gave up her baby for adoption and then was reunited with her daughter 29 years later. Then we heard from her son, Jeff Marsh, who shared how his life kind of spiraled out of control due to heavy drinking and he reached his lowest point when he was separated from his son, Daniel. But later, he gave his life to the Lord and became the founder of Elijah Care, a community in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne that focuses on restoring hope, value, and purpose in broken people's lives. Today, we have his son, Daniel, who has a story all his own. Daniel, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Eric. Really happy to be here.
2: So this is the third generation. We had your grandmother telling her story, then your dad, and now you three generations of marshes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) And you heard all of the stories.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Heard Nan's and Dad's stories.
2: And of course, your grandmother wrote about her story in the book called Up Out of Egypt, which mentions also your dad. Yeah, yep. Have you read this book? I have. That is the correct answer. Otherwise, you'd be in trouble with your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you learning a bit when you were hearing these interviews?
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard Dad share his story mm-hmm. um, quite a few times now, and um, I learn something new every time he shares.
2: And your dad shared that when you were growing up, He had visitation rights to you every other weekend, is that right? Because your parents were separated?
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Dad would be able to see me every second weekend and um, every now and again during the week also.
2: So that was your childhood, kind of being split between two parents?
1: Yeah, yeah, all the way up until I was probably 18, 19, when I became an adult,
2: yeah. So what was that like?
1: Yeah, it was very challenging um, because you know um every time dad and i would spend precious time together um he would take me quite often to swimming pools or um or the gym and we'd sort of muck around there and um it was very hard every time i had to say goodbye to dad and um we both usually cried and um mm. yeah it hurt a lot every time we um we parted ways
2: and then also there was a contrast between your dad who was full on as a Christian and getting deeper in his faith? And then what was your home life like?
1: Yeah, um, it, was, it was different. So the contrast, um, I could see the contrast between the two families. Um, I'd go to Dad's and, and we'd go to church every Sunday and go to Sunday school. And I saw the differences in, in the values, um, I guess, of the two households that I sort of went to and from.
2: So the basic difference was he was full on for the Lord and mm. your mother and stepfather were non-religious?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they didn't have religion in their lives. Mm. Yeah, so the, I guess the values uh, were different there.
2: That must have been a bit confusing. You know, For one parent, this is all very important, and for another, it's not.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, and quite often, um, you know, I would share with, with mum about church and things like that. And um, yeah, she sort of... We didn't really talk about it together.
2: So kind of a split life?
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
2: Okay, and then how did your childhood go in general?
1: Uh, It went really, yeah, it went pretty well, Eric. Um, You know, I was brought up, I mean, in two loving families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I had my own struggles, though, with my self-worth through some incidents that happened. Um, And um, so I was struggling um, just with my identity Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time
2: which is uh, ironic right because your dad struggled with having a low self-worth as well that was yeah. part of his challenge
1: yeah that's right yeah had,
2: had you ever chatted with him about that or just never came up
1: Uh yeah not back then um we've chatted about it in recent times
2: we don't want to get ahead of the story but yeah, yeah so so here you were kind of struggling with ironically the same kind of issue that your dad went through of just not feeling that he had a lot of worth.
1: Yeah, and it was just, uh, you know, just uh, I really wanted to be accepted, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that was a struggle for me, Mm -hmm. just with acceptance.
2: And spiritually, where were you at at this point in your life, going into your teen years?
1: Well, um, you know, as I mentioned, um, so I'd go to church and and start going to youth group every second weekend, and I I knew about Jesus, but I didn't draw close to him, and, and I sort of held my distance from wanting to know him more and most of my friends at school you know were non-religious too so there was it there was that sort of double life I guess
2: yeah so you would be kind of tugged one way when you were with the church group but tugged another way other times yeah but you did have a spiritual experience at a youth camp
1: yeah when I was in my early teens um yeah just had a, a powerful moment with the Holy Spirit and um it's something I'll never forget, but unfortunately, um, from that sort of moment, I didn't draw near to the Lord either. What's the best way to put it? I I still felt a bit rebellious against mm. wanting to know Him more.
2: Okay, so kind of like you dipped your toes in the water, but you didn't dive in.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Okay. And of course, this whole confusion of having this two different lives going on.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, I think that was probably part of the big um, reason why i didn't sort of step in more is because you know uh, majority of my life the the people surrounded in my life were non-religious and so again i i with my self-worth issues i sort of felt as if i needed to act a certain way Mm. to people um, to be accepted to be accepted yeah
2: and so where did that yearning to be accepted where did that lead you
1: uh, yes. In, in sort of the middle of high school, I started hanging out with, um, people that started experimenting with, um, you yeah, know, parties and, and alcohol. And then that soon got into sort of things like drugs after that. So, oh, so
2: it accelerated pretty quick.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah. It's, it wasn't long after I started going to parties that I started getting introduced to drugs.
2: So did you stop? going to church the second weekends when you were with your dad?
1: I did, actually, yeah. Um,
2: Wow, that must have broke his heart.
1: I I, I thought, yeah, well, it probably did. And Mm. um, I didn't realize at the time that it would have affected my family so much that I stopped, but got to a point where I thought I was too cool for church Mm. and that I had this lifestyle where it was conflicting with Mm. the values of church. Yeah, I, I just remember... Uh, there was one time when I was you know, pretty heavy into this lifestyle of uh, drugs and alcohol that um, I'd arrived home. I'd been living with my dad just for a short time for about a year or two when I was about 20, 21, and um, I came home from a big um, party bender, and uh, dad <laughs> brought up the courage to sit me down and have a chat, and I didn't realize at the time that he knew about the, the, the drugs and things like that, but he... he you know, he worked with people like yeah, yeah, like myself, so yeah. he knew. And he sat me down at the front and he said, oh, you know, I know what's going on and, you know, I just want to let you know that there's a better way and that you don't have to live this lifestyle anymore. So you let me know, you know, when you need some help.
2: So he planted that seed.
1: Yeah, and at the time I was quite resistant mm-hmm. to this and, and I, I was a bit embarrassed that he knew mm-hmm. deep down what was going on. But I, I thank him. I thank him for for that courage that he could sit me down as a father and have that chat with me back then.
2: What was your relationship with your grandmother, Helen?
1: Uh, I loved Nan from day one, and um just a beautiful lady that loved her family so much and uh, loved her grandchildren and children. So um Nan was a big support for me for mm. you know since i was since I was very young, since I remember really.
2: Mm what was your relationship when you were going through this rebellious period and, and drugs and everything?
1: Yeah, it was, it was an interesting one, um, because I knew that Nan disapproved mm. of my lifestyle and I could see it in her face every time we met up. And I remember this, um, this one moment when we were, uh, ironically at, at her son Brett's wedding, which was my dad's brother who mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, took his own life. And, uh, I remember that the night before, I think I had an all nighter out on the town and I didn't sleep before the wedding. And yeah, I got to the wedding and I was um, just in another world, you know, because I'd been on drugs and things like that. And my dress code and hygiene was way below (laughs) probably.
2: What normally somebody would have at a wedding, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I had that uh, don't care aspect Hmm. about the way I sort of. Presented, Hmm. and um, Nan came up to me, and I, you know, she said, "Oh, are you looking after yourself?" And um, just that. She probably
2: knew the answer, but she asked it nonetheless.
1: And probably the the look in her face of just disapproving of uh, where where things were headed for me,
2: Hmm. and where were things headed for you? Where did this all lead?
1: It led to uh, a young boy that was non caring and disrespectful and just to a place of um of nothing really.
2: Our guest today is Daniel Marsh, sharing his story. And as we've been hearing, his life sank deeper and deeper into the drugs and party lifestyle. This is quite ironic since his father, recent guest Jeff Marsh, is the founder of a ministry that helps people recover from drug addiction. That's called Elijah Care. We're going to take a break and when we return, we'll find out how Daniel's life turns around and how he is now helping people with his father.
0: All that and more when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional. Designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au You're listening to Real Faith. Conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au.
2: Welcome back. I'm Eric Skadabo, and our guest today is Daniel Marsh. He's the son of Jeff Marsh, who's the founder of Elijah Care, a ministry that helps people with addictions to recover or people with alcoholism. The ironic thing was, as we heard before the break, Daniel was beginning to have a drug problem of his own as he was sinking deeper and deeper into the party lifestyle. But now we're going to find out what happened next in his life.
1: I met my um, future wife-to-be. Um, Alina at a pub we were working at Mm. and um, yeah it was a time of crisis in the sense that the lifestyle was completely out of control but then meeting this girl that would end up being my wife.
2: So you marry, you go on your honeymoon, everything seemed to be looking better for you at that point?
1: Yeah so we were together for quite a while um, and we traveled overseas together and um, we had some ups and down times um, and we were still partying pretty hard throughout those years. And then we, um, we got married and um, things had slowed down and we'd become a little bit more responsible in life and we, we saved up some money. We bought our own
2: property. So getting a little more mature in your older years? I'd like to think so, <laughs> yeah, and being responsible,
1: yeah, being responsible and a little bit more reliable mm, in life yeah, as well, yeah. to others. and so we had this beautiful time where um we got married, and um my dad actually married us, which was, oh, was really, that really? it was beautiful yeah. yeah one of the best moments of our lives, you know yeah. especially having him up there, mm-hmm. and uh, we went away to the Philippines for a beautiful honeymoon. And it was only a week or so after we got back that I, I found out um, I'd been trying to pursue a career in the police force mm-hmm. um, for quite a while and um and that got knocked back you know just through through a reason and um so it was bittersweet I guess um should have been the most beautiful time in my life mm-hmm. and then to hear that news was a little bit um sour but it was about a week later after we got home, uh, I got invited by some of the guys around Dad's organization, Elisha Care, to go to a, um, a church called Cafe Care in Clayton, and uh, so I went along there. And Had you
2: hung out with the guys from Elijah Care before this?
1: Yeah, I'd been hanging out with them for maybe a year or two, and from the moment I, I started to hang out with these, these guys... I just saw something different hmm. in their lifestyle, and I saw something different in the way that they wanted to do life, and I, it was really appealing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so i I was here with them at Cafe Care, and um, my dad was up just sharing mm-hmm. about you know Elisha Care and some of the people involved, some of the, the miracles that have been happening. And he looks he looks over at me spontaneously. And says, "Dan, would you like to come up here and share something?"
2: Now, had you shown any interest in spiritual things before that? I mean, how did he know?
1: Well, I hadn't shown any anything. Yeah, uh, I, I would. I would say it was the Holy Spirit just sharing with him that it might have been time for something to happen. Mm. Something you had to give here.
2: But he invited you up to speak publicly, mm. not knowing. What was going on inside of you? Were you tearing up? Was he seeing something?
1: He must have been, because I I didn't hesitate at all, and just wow. yeah, pretty much ran up there. I guess
2: is that right? Well, yeah. what was going on in your heart at that point?
1: Uh there was just a stirring, and it's it's really indescribable, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this stirring I had going on in in my spirit.
2: Because he's taking a chance, because you could say, no, there's nothing going on, Dad. What, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> right he could he yeah could have. i mean he, he,
1: yeah i know It it's yeah. kind of
2: a gamble on his part yeah so, and so
1: i i ran up there yeah. Rick, and and i i just started i started really tearing up straight mm-hmm. away and I, I started shaking and trembling and i didn't even know what i was going to share about but i really, just started talking you,
2: you walked up there not knowing no what you're going to say
1: no, no, and I think just the Holy Spirit just spoke through me and I just started sharing about where life was at for me, and you know sharing that I should be really full, but I wasn't. and I was empty. I was empty inside and that I wanted to I wanted to make a step, you know, pursuing Jesus. Yeah, something gave that that, that, that night and uh, I put my hand up to say, Lord, I, I want to know you, and I'll, I'll do what it takes to get close to you.
2: Wow, and how old were you at this point?
1: Well, I think I was about 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at so, that point.
2: So, newly married, mm. and now a, a new life in the Lord. Mm. And then, how did your wife react to all this?
1: Yeah, she, uh, she was really good about it. Um, so, probably... After I'd sort of committed myself to Jesus, she had been open-minded, but also closed off, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she she didn't really want to know much about it all, but she was happy for me to pursue this, this way of life. And praise to the Lord, it was only about six months ago where she, she said, I want to pursue this too.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. So she put her faith in the Lord as well?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow, fantastic.
1: Yeah, and it was not through me, you know, is that right? Nagging her or anything like that. It was, she saw something in people that, that had Jesus in their life. And, uh, so it was through, it was through the actions of, of people where she started, um, wanting to know more.
2: Wow. More that's answers. Fantastic. Mm.
1: And so one night I was praying after work at a Bible study and, um, Someone had given me a, a bit of a prophetic word about Alina, my wife, mm-hmm. that she was going to bring one of her best friend to Jesus. And at the time, I thought, "Well, wow, that's crazy," because
2: she's not even a Christian herself at that point.
1: Is yeah, that right? that's right. Yeah, and sort of in the probably the week leading up to that moment, uh, I'd been getting um, convictions in, in my spirit to just to share with her, not hold back, mm-hmm. and go home and share with her. Um, the truth. Mm-hmm. So I, I went home that night after the Bible study and I sat her down and held her hand and said, Do you want to know more about Jesus? And I didn't know what to expect. And she said, Yes.
2: Wow. So the Lord was working on her separate yeah, from you. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was a precious moment, Eric. And I guess it's her journey. And I'm not, I'm not, um, trying to put things on her Mm -hmm. i'm just watching the lord work in her journey which is precious and yeah he's doing things for her too
2: that's fantastic and speaking of your journey Mm. your journey takes you all the way to now working with your father how did he react when you started to come back to the lord and spiritual things and rededicate your life
1: uh just with pure joy pure joy and thankfulness to the Lord for, for answering the prayers that they prayed.
2: But uh, wait, there's more. You decide, hey, Dad, I want to work with you. Is that right?
1: Yeah. One day, um, my dad, Brad, and I were just having a chat at the fire station. I think I had a day Wh- off Who's work. Brad? Uh, Brad's another great guy that, that's uh, part of the Elosh Care community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I was on a day off work, came down just to hang out with the guys and I said, oh, I wonder if I should get involved one day. I'd sort of been a bit uncertain about my future. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad, Brad sort of looks over with excitement and goes, oh, yeah, yeah there's a spot for you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Dad and I are looking at each other going, whoa, this is a bit out there. Um, but I think deep down we both thought it was just a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, just it was a slow progression. Um Dad didn't, yeah, dad, it didn't happen straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, dad and I sat down and had, had some coffees together and just chatted over a few visits. And, um, you know, we had some precious moments then actually, um, where we cried together and, um, you know, dad just shared what he thought was the best for my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I shared we, we shared about the past as well and, mm-hmm. and there was some real, there was some real healing there actually from the past um, in those catch-ups.
2: Yeah. Well, wow, he just must be thinking his cup's full to overflowing. I mean, he's happy that you've come back to the Lord, but now doing ministry together, helping mm. others. Tell us what you're doing now as far as helping people.
1: Yeah, so uh, when I first started um, working with Lush Care, um, I just jumped in a, in a gardening team.
2: Because mm-hmm. that's what you do to help uh, people recover, to get them busy doing something, gardening and landscaping?
1: Yeah, so we, we send um, guys out doing building maintenance jobs, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. And when I first started, I think we only had probably three or four guys. And now we have anywhere between eight to 12, 13 guys.
2: Wow, one so really time. Growing.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, so my first day, I remember working with, with Dad and Danny Sharp, actually, Mm -hmm. ironically. And we went out and we did some gardening.
2: Danny Sharp, of course, a recent guest, who has a story all his own.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, I just loved hearing about his story as well. Um, And it was just so different working with these guys because they love drinking coffee. So (laughs) it wasn't go, go, go. And uh, we chatted about real things in life when we are working together, you know. Which was so different. They
2: say that's when guys do their best talking. Usually, when they're doing something, accomplishing something.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and when you uh, accomplish something um, that has real worth, yeah, um, you leave you leave the day feeling really full.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's probably one of the best things about this ministry is that when we work together, we get some real healing through um, talking to each other and praying for each other. Uh, through the day,
2: and you've seen, like your own story, you've seen others completely go from bad situations, alcoholism, seemingly hopeless, mm. and you've seen them turn their lives around as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I'll share um, an example story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Elena, my wife, and I, um, our one of our best friends, Amy, she was going through a hard time two years ago, and um, she'd actually yeah been missing. For a week or two and mm. she'd hit a real low point in her life and we'd recently um, just started um, working with a guy named Brett who had just come to us mm. and he'd come out of a drug problem and he was such a great guy and um, was really looking for a new way of life and was just thriving after that and accepted the Lord into his life and one night we were just having a, a praise night and um, stories night for people that wanted to come and, and hear some of the guys' amazing stories and they both met up there and um, just started started uh, hanging out more and, <laughs> and connected and really liked each other and um, two years down the track they're getting married in a couple of weeks so they're happily together and it's just an amazing story
2: So they're um, both Christians now? Yeah both gave their lives to the Lord
1: mm, yeah and they just have such hope and purpose in their life now together
2: so just one of the stories one of the many stories that you come across yeah in the Elijah Care ministry
1: yeah yeah there's there's plenty of amazing stories
2: any final comments to wrap up our conversation uh, it's I been guess quite a journey
1: yeah I guess um, just throughout so much confusion in life um, growing up I've found so much um, truth to life mm. now Eric that, that very the healing Lord, Ah, oh, so much healing uh, that the Lord is the way, the truth, and the life.
2: Amen. And you want to point people to Him?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we try and point people to Him just through love.
2: Amen. Well, it sounds like some fantastic things are happening there at Elijah Care. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Ah, uh, thanks, Eric. It's been great.
2: Our guest today has been Daniel Marsh. He's the son of Jeff Marsh, who is a recent guest, and he's the founder of Elijah Care. Both of them work at Elijah Care, which is a community in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne that focuses on restoring hope, value, and purpose in broken people's lives. For more information, their website is ElijahCare.org. That's ElijahCare.org.